Welcome to episode three of the Straight Red SPFL podcast. I'm your host Fraser and I'm joined again by Matt and Ollie. Matt, how's your week been? Absolutely swell, thank you. It is day two of uh, self-isolation and um, I've, I've cleaned my patio. Super. Are you actually <laughs> self-isolating or are you just working from home? Um, working from home. Um, I, I went for a wee run this morning, I went for a walk at lunchtime and a walk afterwards. So it's been very nice. Have you done anything social or have you distanced yourself? I've distanced myself from any, any jambos because I think they're more likely to pick up coronavirus. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic Matt comment. Ollie, how's your week been? Uh, yeah, it's been good. I've uh, I've had this week off um, on holiday, but obviously I can't do anything. I thought you said it. you'd had a week off. No, no, not a week off. Uh, not yet. I've not been out to see the Jambos yet, Matt. Um, no, just a just a week off on holiday, but not really done anything. Um, just being a bit of a hermit, really. Um, firing through Netflix and dusted off the old PS4. So, but yeah. Um, oh, good. I'm looking forward to working from home next week. Is that what the the general gist is that you're working now? Is it? Well, yeah, so we've, we're all working from home as of Tuesday, um, but we've all got the technology to do it, so it's uh, it's going to be pretty simple for us, I think. Um, but yeah, it's that's just the way it is these days, isn't it? How about yourself? How was your week? Yeah, strange. I've been in work all week. Just um, we've isolated off the, the office, the main office where the staff are, and the warehouse, so no one can get in there. Um. So, but we're still seeing customers every day, coming into contact with them. I suppose we're trying to just keep our distance. We've got one guy who at work mm-hmm. who's um potentially at risk, so we're trying to keep him away. But he's the kind of guy that just you you can't tell him. He just wants to get involved. So it's a difficult situation to be in. Um, mm-hmm. and I played five tonight. Very good. How was that? So that well, it was it was good. It was really good to do something normal and social. Yeah. Um, and we all elbow bumped at the end, but even yeah. though we, you know, we're playing fives, I don't think elbow bumping at the end of fives is going to do much. But um, I've had some mixed opinions on whether I should have been playing fives or not. I've had some, that's a bit selfish, isn't it? Or it's quite you shouldn't be doing that. Really what you're meant to be doing at the moment, because uh, I was working from home today and it is really dull when you're not with your colleagues. So I went for a walk at lunchtime and then... So I got to about half five and I was like, I'm going to go absolutely crazy if I stay sort of in in the confines of my flat any longer. So it was like, I found myself out at seven o'clock at night sweeping a patio just to get some kind of fresh air. It was a joke. Yeah, but at least you got out though. I suppose you can still go out and yeah, go for exactly. a walk. You can borrow the dog, the dog if you want. Oh, I'm sure you'd love to go out with him. Um... And well, last week as well, guys, we missed last week, obviously, but uh, I got some bad news last week when I was up at the football reunion in Aberdeen. I did mention it to you guys, I think, but our Fijian listeners. Yeah. Uh, it was it was brought to my attention that it's probably one of our mates from uni. Um, so Calvin, if you are listening and wherever you are in the world, probably back in Australia. Um, yeah, thanks for, for giving us a bit of hope. hope. <laughs> <laughs> what's that just building my hopes up um, but that, that you, won't you stop me in, 
<laughs> that that won't stop me in looking to go out and get a Fijian football shirt because that would be class. Uh, well, you, you've got a list then, listeners. Well, that's true. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, we're still not really sure. No one's got in touch really, so uh, mm. we're not too sure on that front. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Well, coronavirus is going to be the first topic, guys, because you just can't get away from it. Tried to watch the one show last night, coronavirus. After the one show, coronavirus update on BBC, switch to Channel 4, coronavirus update. So, uh, yeah, what do we think then in general, guys? Matt, I'll start with you. Uh, really bizarre situation to find yourself in. I mean, it's the sort of thing which you see in, in movies, but you just never, ever think that you're going to be in this scenario in your lifetime. Um and I was discussing with my girlfriend today just about how it's bizarre that about four weeks ago, you would never have comprehended this happening. Uh, you know, four weeks ago, we were quite easily making plans for April and May and things like that. And it's just, it's moved very, very quickly. Uh, it's been quite scary and just seeing the reaction of the general public and I guess the upheaval in social media and, you know, it's, it's scared a lot of people, and I think quite rightly. Um, and it's a fact that it's filtering into your, your everyday life. It's your hobbies, it's your food, it's your work. Um, it's everywhere, and you can't avoid it at the moment. So, yeah, really, really scary times, but also, like, fascinating at the same time. Yeah, Ollie, what's your thoughts on that as well? Um, yeah, it's just a, a strange time, just like Matt said, really. Um, it's even the little things that you don't even realise that it affects. Um, you know, going to the shops and seeing nothing on the shelves um, because of people panic buying and all the rest of it, it's frustrating. All the but chicken biryanis. <laughs> zero chicken biryanis, Matt. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just all of that. It affects everything. It's, it's I mean, speaking to speaking to my mum, who's in the at-risk category, um, and she's a, she's, a, she's a carer and she goes around and visits people's houses and things. Um, it's She can't stop working because there's a lot of other people who are vulnerable, but at the same time, she's vulnerable. Um, and it's just all of these little things just adding up. And, yeah, it's hard to plan. It's hard to plan for anything. And um, when it comes to work, it's you have to try and plan for, to work from home. But then how long is that going to be for? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's it affects everything. Yeah, I've... It was a strange. It's been a strange couple of weeks now. I think no one's really sure what's happening. We keep getting bits of information, and it changes overnight almost as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really hit home for me. I, I stuck Sky News on a couple of nights ago, and they were doing an interview with um, a woman who had MS, quite advanced, and her carer. And her carer was the only one that could understand her. And the carer started crying on the screen, and no one you couldn't really tell just from watching it what it was. And then she translated that. The, the woman with MS said that she was most worried about, because she had MS and it was very advanced, that if they had to decide who was getting treatment, she didn't think that she would get the treatment that she needed. God. And that, that was when it hit home to me. And I was, you don't realise, going about our day-to-day as young guys, just how much it's affecting people yeah. um, that are not as lucky, I would say. Um. So yeah, so yeah, it's a really, really strange time. It is interesting, Matt, as well. I would say, um, just seeing how people are reacting to it, and the general public, and the government, and Trump. Yeah, which is just—I was going to just bring this up now. Um, I almost gave him a red card, but I've not. 
but I'm going to bring him up anyway. He's really frustrated me the last couple of days. So he's going on. He gets asked a perfectly legitimate question. I've noticed this a few times. And if if the answer he gives isn't something that's going to be widely received quite well, he just turns to either deflection tactics or recently just racism. Yeah, China. And it's really frustrating me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, he got asked a perfectly legitimate question and he just is, is you know, people, everyone, assume, assume everyone would be like, you know, oh, that's a good question. What's Trump going to say? China. And he just goes on about, then he says, China, the Chinese virus. And you just know at that point, his followers have then forgot what the question was and are just start, sitting at home going, yeah, fuck China, man. Yeah, and you're just like, is it actually... Is this guy for real? And then you've got guys in the, I think it was in the house, describing it as the Kung flu. And oh, I just, I had no idea what goes on over the water. I just don't know. They're a different planet at the moment. Yeah, pretty incredible, but that's what um, they voted for. They wanted someone that was Mr. America anti-Worlds, and uh, that's what they've, that's what they've got in power. But um, yeah, very unsavory scenes without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I just had to get off, off my chest. It's just really been bugging me the last couple of days. That that was quite a few puns there in one set. Quite impressed by that. <laughs> I wasn't deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I did need to get it off my chest. Um, not a coronavirus pun. Um, <laughs> so we'll bring it back to football now, guys. Ollie, start with yourself. We have to get the season finished by the 30th of June. How are we going to do that? Uh, with great difficulty, Fraser. <laughs> uh, I I don't know how that's going to be possible, to be completely honest, because nobody really knows when the season's going to get back up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, think about teams who are training. Some teams that are not. There's going to be players that are match fit. Some that are not. Some of the some of them have gone home. Like there was reports of uh, foreign players um, you know, from Rangers going back back home. Um, and you know, you know, are they going to be allowed to leave their homes? Because every every single country is at a different stage of the the scale with it um, of the curve. Uh, it, it's again, it's just one of those you can't really plan for it. As soon as there's a there's a day that um, you know the season can continue, then great. Then you can maybe plan, maybe do Saturday, Tuesday uh, games that way. But at the moment. You know, Boris Johnson saying twelve weeks for it to turn the tide, but what does turn the tide actually mean? When when is that? And what does that mean? You know, is there going to be no more? Um, yeah, no more like no Is it is it no more cases? Is it that um, you know life goes back to normal? Um, and how 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 can he tell that it's going to be twelve weeks? Um, and even then, you know, what's to say that that doesn't just get spread out by another week? Um, Oh, another two weeks, and and then it's just difficult. It just is difficult. He caveated that point heavily, though, by saying 12 weeks if everyone does what they're told. Um, and we just know that that's not going to be the case because it's a population of over 60 million people. Yeah, but it's, it, it's again, trying to control it. I, I can see the government are trying to do the best and everything, but there's no certainty over it. Because nobody expected this to happen, um, you know, a few weeks ago, but but it has. It's it's that whole uncertainty point, and nobody really knows. So it's very hard to plan for something when you you don't know what the different inputs of the outcomes are going to be. 
I suppose the good thing so, about it though is at least they're getting um, no new sort of native cases in China, and then in Japan they're lifting the emergency status on Hokkaido. So that's suggesting that it's been about four to five months of real disruption for them. But they're starting to maybe see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So mm-hmm. maybe we're just working to similar similar timescales to that, assuming we're equally, if not more, successful in containing it. So say we are successful in containing it and we do get to it'd be the first week of May, second week of May, maybe. Do you think that the players would go straight back in? Sure they're not gonna be match fit. Would there be time for a pre season essentially? Um to get it finished? Uh, to get the players up to speed, sorry, to then get the league finished? I think they've got a professional responsibility to try and keep themselves in shape as much as they can um, whilst they're off. And I don't think any of them are going to be put at a competitive disadvantage because all of their opponents will have been in the exact same boat. Um, so, yeah, it might mean that we probably get like a pre-season standard of play. Um, and for teams like Hearts, etc., that are in disarray in the relegation battle, that's certainly not going to help their cause. Um but I, I don't see any reason why they won't be able to play out the remaining eight games if they're just keeping themselves in reasonable shape whilst they're off. But obviously difficult if, you know, you've got some players on maybe lower incomes that haven't got a big gym or a garden in their house compared to other players. So, yeah, there might be a wee bit of a discrepancy. But I think ultimately, given the circumstances, they're just going to have to to take the chance if they get it because I think it's going to be a pretty small window if it ever did come around. Just, yeah, to play devil, just to play devil's, Sorry, just to play devil's advocate there, what if, as we're still in you know a bit of a, a growth phase for the virus, what if one or two of the players for one or two of the clubs mm-hmm. end up um, catching coronavirus, and um, you know, and then d- if that spreads, and say say one team, one team out of the top league, one team out of the championship, um, you know where half of the, t- the team's decimated by coronavirus, then how unfair is that, that when it comes round to the the season starting again, that these players are not only not match fit, half the team's been affected by COVID-19? I, I just think it's, it's, it's just really difficult. But can we not negate that by having the players in self-isolation? But what if the no, families have caught no, it? No. It's what if the families have caught it? It's it's not just the players. Yeah. There's such a difficult social social yeah. situation to be in. Because um, I mean, they're even advising on the gov.uk website to sleep in different beds if you can. Um, and it's just going to be. It's just difficult to do, and it's difficult to. You can say self isolate all you want, but realistically, there's families out there with five, six people in it. In the same house, um, yep. and maybe they're going to school after Monday if their parents are in high risk jobs like the NHS, uh, frontline jobs rather, um, and then everyone's still socialising, NHS workers especially. So, uh, say say the player is in a family that's got that situation going on, it's not going to be easy to to stay away from it. You're absolutely right, Ollie. Mm. So, what, just, what do you suggest? Can, can they do anything? Uh, to, to me, I think I think the show must go on, or the big hoose must stay open, as that Rangers fan once said. Yes, um, so I think I think 
I think the the season has to finish because, uh, well, like Amber just said that there'd be there'd be legal action if 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 not. I think it's the only fair thing to do, and even if all of the teams are on a similar similar steading uh, in that they're not match fit or there's a possibility that some of their players have you know, coronavirus or, or whatever, I think that's the only way that you're going to have to settle the season, personally. I don't think you can cut it short. So just now, with how it's looking, are they finishing the season then and um, completing the Scottish Cup by the 30th of June when players' contracts expire? I, I, I mean... They can always plan towards it, but they must have some contingency in place for if it does go beyond the 30th of June, even if it's just, say, like a month and, and then shunt the next season on a little bit more by month and, and try and cram in the games that way. Um, I mean, it's it's an exceptional circumstance when you think about it. So it's an exceptional circumstance that will need an exceptional measure to, to mitigate it. And I think if, if they can prolonged players' contracts by a month or so. You know, it's not just a, a Scotland problem. It's a UK problem. It's a European problem. It's a global problem. So it just needs a bit of a, a bit of guidance, I would say, maybe from UEFA, to be completely honest, um, in saying that, you know, these are the possibilities and then this is what you can do to ensure that the, the seasons get finished. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, actually. I think it has to be a UEFA response. I think mm-hmm. everyone every single football body has to get on board with it as well. Yeah. So fingers crossed that does happen. Matt, are you are you saying we're gonna finish by the thirtieth of June or do you reckon it's not gonna happen? No, I th- I think there is absolutely no chance that's gonna happen because I just think the social responsibility that we've all got to try and contain the spread as much as possible and the fact that we're still a good couple of weeks away from even getting near the peak. Um I just think there's so many things which are more important than football at the moment. And uh, I think ultimately they're just going to have to take the season on the chin and then restart things hopefully in September time. And that that's my prediction. We won't see any football played until at least September. Okay. That sounds like another bet, guys. Wow. Are you going to stick 20 quid in that, Matt? Five face masks. <laughs> Five face masks. That could be worth a lot more than 20 quid by September. <laughs> I'll put on my five loo rolls to that one, okay? Uh, that's good. We got a bet there, guys. Um, speaking of players' contracts ending, Matt, I'm going to come to you first for this. I've got a funny feeling. I know exactly what you're going to say, and so do the listeners. 50% pay cut at hearts for everyone. What are your thoughts? It's a really difficult one to read at the moment because when you look at what Hearts released in the press around November 2019, they were sort of very optimistic about their accounts, saying that it was you know, ultimately a good financial performance, but they were just let down a bit by the product in the park. Um, but they were saying ultimately that they'd achieved their main operational goals and uh, were building towards a bright future. And then here they are. Four months later, when Project Stendo has failed miserably and they're staring relegation in the face, suddenly uh, not as all rosy. And I'm just thinking, what could possibly have changed that much? I think the answer might lie in the mystery benefactors um, who have been obviously pumping a lot of money into the club. And the reason that Hearts posted, I think it was like a two to three million pound profit last season, um, was because the mystery benefactor had pumped in 
that amount and extra. So they would have fallen to quite a, a decent loss last year. And I think it's all sort of well known that they've obviously pushed the boat out this season on Stendhal and uh, a couple of big big name signings, um, certainly over the window to try and prop themselves up. So it's, it sounds like they've overextended themselves to trap themselves out of this hole. And uh, potentially their mystery benefactor has had enough or the money's dried up from whoever that person is. Um, and they're now sort of yeah up a creek with a paddle, uh, unfortunately for Hearts. But you know you do wonder if it's a, a ploy uh, regarding their relegation to make it out that a relegation is going to finish their club uh, completely, and that they're really struggling. Therefore, the SPFL has to save them by restructuring the league. Um, I'm just not convinced. Basically, um, and Budge has gone about doing this, and it doesn't seem a decision to make. Um, so, yeah, I think it's been very carefully orchestrated by ultimately a very shrewd businesswoman. That's quite a cynical view, Matt. <laughs> and you seem to yeah. know quite a lot about hearts for a hips fan as well. No, it's just... Um, you know, general, general, living rent-free in your head or something? Or... What was that? I was just saying, no, just a general knowledge of football. Okay, so they don't live rent free then in Matt's head. But in all in all in all seriousness, it is a shame for everyone connected with that club that they've obviously had to take a fifty percent cut because you know, you are hearing stories about people getting made redundant, etc., due to the COVID nineteen virus. So you know, you feel for absolutely anyone who's being impacted by it and uh the good thing that Hearts have done, at least, is announced that nobody's going to go below the living wage uh, with their wage cuts. So I think fair play to Anne Budge. And, you know, I suppose from another angle, maybe she's just, um, you know, trying to keep the, Horton befo- the horse in before uh, the stable door. Um, and close, sorry, close the stable door before the horse uh, bolts, because I think a lot of uh, Scottish clubs are going to have to follow suit and make big cuts um, if the revenue dries up until September, as I predicted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it, the most difficult thing will be, say, someone's on forty grand a year, and then to get a fifty percent mm-hmm. cut to twenty grand. Generally, if you're earning forty grand, you're going to spend in line with that, and you've probably got a mortgage in line with that as well. Yeah. It's going to be extremely hard to to keep yourself going for I don't know, maybe it's one, two, three months. We don't really know at the moment. Yeah, but it'll be difficult. 100%. It's not like we're talking about footballers here, but then the footballers will have mortgages, absolutely. You know, in line with their pay as well. Yeah, they'll have a big mm-hmm. That's how you Yeah, and a lot of people say, "Oh, well, you know, they're footballers, so let them have it." You know, it's it's their time to take a cut here. But realistically, financially, people can't just take fifty percent pay cuts. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Ollie, what's your thought on that? Yeah, I mean, I can see why Ambudge is doing it. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I don't have the cynical view that Matt does, but I think you know, if uh, as a business and she's trying to cut cut their cloth accordingly, um, it's not going to be well received, and it's it's not going to be well received from a team that's bottom of the table. They're not going to be wanting to have this fifty percent pay cut. Um, you know, it's it's for the good of the club. It's for the good of the club moving forward, and they don't want to be letting people go. But I believe that was that was in the statement, uh, was it not? That if uh, any of the players didn't agree to it, that was their time to essentially leave. Um, 
to free them up from their contract, um, which might work in Hart's favour. Might be a couple of the players that decide to decide to leave. But I guess they're not going to be getting a contract anywhere else, are they? So um, you almost wonder. It's go, Matt. Saying, you almost wonder if they've been, to- you know, if Ann Budge has been told the likelihood is that Hearts are getting relegated. So it's a case of well. We're getting relegated. We're going to have to cut all of the deadwood, anyways. So we might as well try and force them out now. Um, you know, you know that might be the angle that she's going from. Uh, if quite possibly. Possibly. Sorry, go on, Ollie. No, no, you go, Matt. And uh, you go, I'm Fraser. Just, I'm just going to say, surely they'll have to pay a termination package. And I, I saw Tom McManus said on Twitter that um, okay, he he said he would say no to the fifty percent cut but that the players would be due their contract in full if the Hearts wanted to terminate it. The players aren't going to nominate themselves to terminate a contract or take redundancy, essentially. They're going to want a full payout, are they not? Yeah, but if, if Hearts are in as bad a position as they, they claim to be, you know, is there going to be a club there to, to service that debt? It's, it, it's a really tricky one. It's a really precarious one. And if you think about it, there'll be... A lot of the the admin staff there, you know, the other full time staff that are at Hearts, you know, if they if they were to lose their job because of the club going under and because of the players were claiming unpaid debts for you know their contracts until the end of June, I, it's it just doesn't sit well with me, and I don't think it would sit well with with many people outside of football generally, if the players decided against the fifty percent pay cut and then sunk sunk the club, but. I, I can't see them going bust. Hearts fans have put twelve million pounds into that club over the last few years mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. they got uh, went into admin the first time. I just don't understand how they're in this situation. For for them to come out of admin, they were debt free. They had everything going for them. They got promoted. They've got foundational hearts pumping in money. They've got benefactors all over the place, and yet they're in this situation where they're the first club to come out and say they need to cut costs like this. I just find it quite astounding that. It's happened. To I them. think, um, Matt, are you, are you the opinion if they get go into admin again? Is that a good thing for for you? No, I would. I would. I definitely wouldn't say that. I mean, I think uh, for all Scottish football, you do want to have a strong Hearts team. Um, so yeah, no, nobody wants to see that. And you know, I know from my point of view as a Hibs fan, um, you know, the Derby is the game that I look forward to most in the season, and I would a hundred percent miss it. So uh, no, I mean. It, it, it's a really difficult one for them because I think, as you say, it's astonishing that they're in this position uh, with the amount of money that they've invested over the years. But unfortunately, I think the the new main stand they built was a bit of a vanity project because what has that actually really added relative to the cost that they've spent in it, which spiralled out of control? Um, so I think that can be one of the, the main factors for them being in this position. But I mean, I don't know about you guys, but in a lot of the posts or articles I read online about Hearts and their wage cut, they haven't actually quoted any figures to suggest why they're in such a bad situation. It's more just mm-hmm. that they're taking the hit now um, and they're blaming it on COVID-19 and uh, lost Scottish Cup revenues. So it's not like they're saying that they, they've slumped to a massive loss or their turnover's down X percent. They haven't pointed to any specific financial indicators as to why they've done it. Um, so yeah, you know, I just wonder if Ann, Ann Budge is just, uh, as I say, just trying to get everything sorted uh, long before it gets truly messy with COVID nineteen. Can we do some digging, Ollie? Can I give you some homework? Yeah. 
As I'll an have a look at you try and uh, dig the account out and accounts out and have a look. Yeah, I'll have a look at the most recent accounts. Um and yeah, I, I think to maybe to add to what Matt has just said, I think he's right in that there isn't any financial indicators that have you know they've told us why they're in this position. Um but I, I just can't help but think it'll come out in the wash sometime soon. I, I just I've just got a feeling that something else will happen. And I don't know. I don't know what it what it could be, uh, but no, I'll definitely look into that. I think, and I'll uh, I'll report back. I think it'll be the um, the mysterious benefactors that they've got. I think that will be the reason um, funding will have dried up from these people that have ultimately been propping the accounts up so far, because maybe they're sick of it, or maybe they themselves have uh, been stock markets, and you look at. Um, investments all over the world and the oil prices they've all absolutely fallen through the floor um, so maybe their their investors have been hit hard by the virus as well and decided they can no longer justify the money the, the fact the fact that there's a 50% pay cut that to me sounds as though it's a cash flow problem um, so Matt you could be onto something there um, as, a, as opposed to a long term thing it, to me it sounds like they're just running out of cash somehow um, so yeah, it it could be one of a number of things. I mean, they'll be so one that, of many clubs sorry, that are going to suffer though, because you know the likes of Hamilton were in a very precarious situation when they got conned. Um, what was that about a year ago that they got conned? A year and a half ago. Yeah, I think when so. Much. There was uh, the, the fraud claim at Hamilton, and it put them in a really precarious situation. So a lot of these clubs are, I, I think, hearts have just are going to be one of many that are going to be making such cuts. And I think it will come to most teams in the SPFL if there's no football before September. Yeah, well, we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, and today there was one and a half million pounds shared between the football clubs in the SPFL. And Ian Murray, the MP for the, he's at the South Side at Edinburgh. Yeah, Edinburgh. Um, yeah, so he's uh, described that as a drop in the ocean. I mean, one and a half million between all the clubs in the SPFL or is it just the top flight? I need to check that. But it's, it's just uh, a like, clubs. Is it 42, is it? Yeah. That is just, what is that? You made it, the, the, I just can't see any sense in it. There's no point in even giving them it. Almost. No. no. Um, we need to do a lot more. But the SFA, I heard Maxwell on the, on the radio saying that that's just not how the SFA operate or the SPFL operate. They don't operate um, with cash reserves so they can't really help out just now so it might be down to the fans to help again especially well, that, in, you know, in that case well Fraser there was um, Partick Thistle um, you know they've been appealing to fans um, and Wraith Rovers have been appealing for, uh, to fans for donations um, and, and all of this and this is quite early doors when you think about it this is quite early doors into the whole uh, COVID-19 uh, and you know, I just think it's going to get worse the longer it goes on it's going to get worse um, I just hope that there's no clubs that really do go under because of this um, but it's it's difficult it's it's almost as if the SFA have got their hands tied Scottish government are not going to be bailing out football clubs when they've got lots of other things to worry about um, it is just quite a troubling time and all it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, really, that when you think about down south, the the English Premier League, the top flight in England is so heavily funded that all of those teams will be fine. 
Um, and even the, the English Football League, there was a there was a note the other day about 50 million that was going out between the Football League and in England. And 50 million compared to 1.5 is a huge difference. It's a massive difference. Um, and, you know, that, that could help save some of the English Football League clubs. Um, I just think one and a half million, it's, it's neither here nor there. So do you think we'll see teams go bust in Scotland and at what level? And what, the, what will be the highest level they go bust at? Rangers. I think so. Oh, what was that, Matt? Rangers. Rangers. Well, I saw a graph that showed that they had enough money to last them seven days. Yeah, I'm, I'm a wee bit sceptical about that. Because um, I think that's probably looking at a very, very few financial indicators. But, um, you know, you need to remember they've got a massive support. So I'm sure they'd be able to rally to an extent to keep them going a bit longer than that. Um, and they've got a couple of wealthy investor supporters as well, who I'm sure would be able to prop them up longer than that as well. Um, but sorry, Ollie, I hijacked that one. I'll, I'll pass that one back to you. No, no. Um, I think you're quite right, because I've, I've seen the same thing that Fraser was referring to. Um, and yeah, Rangers are in, in difficulty, but they are being propped up. I, I think it's the, it's the team's they're a bit lower down, like your Hamiltons, for example, that they don't have the big fan base, they don't have the big support, um, and they don't really have the wealthy, wealthy owners. Um, you know, they're the teams that you'd be worried about. But you'd also look down into the championship and teams that are even part time, and it's just going to be really difficult for them because um, they all have these operating costs, they all have fixed overheads um, that they're still going to have to pay out without any any funds coming in from gate receipts. It's, yeah, and the longer it goes on, the more difficult it gets. Matt, have you anything to add on that one? I wouldn't say so. It's just more, um, you know, how can we try and mitigate the the fallout of this? I mean, there's people that are are mentioning uh, league reconstruction, but, you know, you wonder how the likes of Hamilton, St. Mirren, et cetera, will react to that if it's going to cut their old firm uh, and you know, Hibs, Hearts, and Aberdeen uh, gate receipts each year if they do that. So uh, it's a really, really tricky situation. And I think, unfortunately, we are going to have the casualties. But I'd be interested, Ollie, to gather your thoughts on what it means for clubs, especially in the English Championship, which are so heavily um, invested in and sort of, I guess, debt piles to try and get into the English Premier, Premier League. Um, you know, do you not think these clubs have a massive chance of folding? Well, they've spent so much money as it is. I think they'll just carry on until until they can finish the season. Um, you know, I, I'd probably say three quarters of the teams in the championship have that sort of model. Um, you know, of spending loads of money to try and get out of that league to get the riches of the, the English Premier League. Um, and yeah, they are heavily debt ridden. But it's that's the it's that's almost like their business plan uh, as a club and as owners and investors. They know they need to throw money at it, and then they'll get their return in the end from the Premier League. Um, so I think they'll just they will continue to get backed that way. Um, I think it would be very unfortunate if any of those clubs did end up going under because of this, um, considering the amount of money that they get spent in that league. 
I think it's maybe a bit lower down the leagues. Um, you know, you hear about the 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 Bury, um, the the Bury saga really of of them going under um, because of their cash flow problems. There's a lot of teams that are in that same bracket that are in the, a similar sort of league, similar sort of gate receipts, uh, similar wages, and. I just think it's maybe those maybe League One and League Two clubs that that don't have these big rich wealthy owners. Those will be the ones that you you'd, you'd be worried about a bit more. I'm going to jump in, guys. I think if the listeners have made it to this point without slitting their wrists on how yeah. bad everything is, um, then well done, guys. If you're listening, uh, I'm going to try and bring a bit of positivity. Because I feel like that has been completely lacking in the last thirty-five minutes. Yeah, I apologise. <laughs> it's, it's such a depressing week. Um, right. So I've always got a weird, not a weird question. This isn't a weird question. Um, a random question for you guys. So I'm catching you completely off guard uh, for the listeners. Which current or former SPFL player would you have lead the country through this crisis? And I'll start off with you, Matt. You're on the spot. Who would I have lead us through? John McGinn. Absolutely. Yeah? The, the, the boy <laughs> is hard as nails. He 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 mixes with royalty in his spare time. Um, he has you know performed on the biggest stages and is just an all round sound guy. Like I, I think he would you know he'd be pragmatic and be telling everyone right stay home and and uh, be sensible. You know. I think I think John would be the man to lead the country. Danoli. Um I'd go Graeme Sunis. Sunis. Oh God, we'd all be Sunis, jumping off a yeah. bridge if he was. No one likes him up here, Ollie. Do they not? No. <laughs> no. Everyone hates him up here, apart from Rangers fans. Well, I, I don't know. I just get the feeling that he would get the job done. He's very uh, succinct to the point. He's He's a leader. He's a leader of men. <laughs> That's the thing. I think his main thing is that he is a leader of men. Uh, certainly doesn't like Alex Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure he's getting many votes up here. Sorry, Ellie. Okay, no worries. But, but thanks for the input. High quality. That's answers. okay. You caught me off guard. So I did. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I did, yeah, I did. I caught you off guard there, yeah. Uh, well, maybe you might be able to agree with mine. I don't know. Marvin Bartley. Okay. Tell me so why. Basically, basically, because I hang off every word Marvin Bartley says. Um, on sports scene, on sports sound, Twitter. Uh, I just think he's great. He engages with people on Twitter as well, which I think is a really good quality for someone that's going to lead the country. I think you have to a engage. Like a bit like Trump. A bit like Trump, except, uh, except he actually is just really nice. <laughs> so, yeah he's nice on Twitter um, and I just think he's, he just talks a lot of sense if you can um, if you're listening to this try and give Long Bangers podcast a listen it's a, they do a two hour special this week um, Matt you've listened to the whole thing haven't you like, listen, I don't really listen to podcasts um, admittedly um, but I have to say I really really enjoyed it it's a really well done interview and uh, Bartley comes across so so well as he always does, but his insights are brilliant and absolutely hilarious. I mean, his uh, his timing, Bournemouth in particular, was 
staggering his uh, stories of the chairman. Uh, make sure you give that a listen because it is unbelievable. Yeah, good. So I think yeah, I need to go and finish listening to it. I did listen to it a bit on the way home today. Um, so it's Long Bangers podcast with um, Matty and the guys. So give it a listen if you can. Um, so, yeah, sorry about Sunis. Ollie there. That's all right. Like That's all right. Shot you down completely there. Sorry, I do apologise. Um, but yeah, Matt, so you, you're sticking with yours as well, yeah, Matt. I think Super John again. We can maybe like have a, a joint. I think McGinn and Bartley would really complement each other, as they did in the Hibs midfield. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, McGinn could definitely wrestle Putin, that's for sure. So... <laughs> I don't know why it's really a really bad image. I'm a really horrible image. Not in my head mud, mud wrestling, mate. Come on. I'd, I'd like to see Bartley, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, surely you want Bartley wrestling him. Yeah, Bart- Bartley would absolutely relish it, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would, he would love it, he would love it, he'd absolutely love it. Um, just moving on guys, I've got um, my podcast fact for the week as well for you, and this will blow your mind. Um, I've got two actually. Firstly, I'll ask you, what does Patodre translate to from Gaelic to English? I think I know this one. Do you know it, Matt? I have absolutely no idea. Can you have a guess? Um... Pit of the River D. <laughs> that sounds far too sensible, and I'm starting actually. That's made me think maybe I don't have the right translation here. I, I think I've heard this before, Fraser. Is it not something like the pig dump or something? Yeah, close. Uh, shit heap. <laughs> shit heap. <laughs> it literally means hell of dung. Um, <laughs> so I'm starting to think there's a hill behind Patonji, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, Just, there is. You can go over it to Asda. So I think that might be where it's from. So that hill is just full of shit. Sorry, don't. Well, potentially. Potentially. I don't know. We need to find that out. Maybe do some more digging on that one. Hey, there's another pun. My <laughs> <laughs> um, other fact, though, and this will blow your mind. So since 1982, at least one Bayern player has been in the starting lineup in every World Cup final. Why? Did you know that? Okay. No. So I'll give you players, you know, uh, Jorginho for Brazil in 94, Lizarazu, that's a, oh, that's a great name, um, France 98, uh, Willie Sanyol, France 06, um, and Aryan Robin in 2010 for the Netherlands. Um, the player in the 2018 World Cup final didn't actually start the game, but do you know who it would have been that was a Bayern player that featured in the World Cup final in 2018? Uh... He played for France. And he came on for what he did. Oh, oh, is it? What's what, what's the guy's name now? Is is it that right back, Pavard? No, he was playing for Leverkusen. I think he still uh, does. I thought Pavard had moved. Oh, does he play for mine? Does he play for? Hold on. We'll Google this on the Dell. <laughs> we'll be uh, here. Oh, I played for Bayern Munich now. Right. Uh, sorry, he played for Stuttgart ah. uh, in 2019. So he plays for Bayern now. But who played for Bayern at the time? 
Any any ideas before I tell you? No idea. You'll kick yourself. Yeah, go on. Uh-huh. Taliso. Uh-huh. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Good quality that, Fraser. Well done. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks. And and you said you had some uh, a mystery topic for us as well, Ollie, tonight. Yeah, just because I thought uh, this would be very dry and, you know, COVID-19, basically. Um, so I've got a question to both of you guys. If you could pick one current player in the SPFL, so any of the leagues, uh, to go for a pint with, who would it be? Oh, pint. Um, yeah, we'll we'll start with you, Fraser. So it'd have to be someone that's maybe towards the end of their career, so they've got some good stories. Yep. Um, I suppose it would be Scott Brown. Okay. But I think that's too obvious. Alex Gogic. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why Gogic? <laughs> Because he just seems hard as nails. Every time I see him play, I'm really impressed with him. And uh, I reckon he's got some good stories from the, the separate leagues. Yeah. He had a time at Swansea as well. And I just, just, don't, know, yeah, just don't know how this all came about. It's I think he's had quite a strange career, to be fair. Um, yeah. That's that's not a bad shout, actually. There you go. Sorry, you put me on the spot. So that's, uh, that was the first player that came to mind. Nice one. What about uh, you? Big Gucci. Oh, God. Good shout. I just ask him over and over again about his stakeholders at Easter Road. (laughs) Where where did you learn that? Who taught you? (laughs) But no, no. no. (laughs) Is this the step over that led to falling over? (laughs) No, to be fair, I think in all seriousness, I think Big Marv, actually. I just think, you know, from all of his interviews, the guy's got brilliant banter. Uh, but also, you know, he's had a very varied career in the game and he was quite late in coming into it. And uh, he's had uh, the weird and the wonderful throughout. And, you know, ultimately some real highs and some real lows and uh, is becoming a really respected pundit. So I think he'd probably be the one that I'd want to go go for a pint with, to be honest. I reckon he could tuck, tuck, tuck a few pints away yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> big lad. Yeah, big unit. Um, I think we should just turn this into he's the Marvin Bartley show. He's, he's gone on long bangers. <laughs> he's, got, he's, got, he's got a lot of air time. <laughs> I know, I'm really really jealous actually. I, I couldn't believe it when they said that a two-hour special of Marvin Bartley. Uh, I was a bit, I was a bit gutted. I'm pretty sure I tried to get Tam McManus on at two in the morning uh, last Friday night, <laughs> but I didn't get any reply. So Tam, if you're listening, give us a give us a shout. Um, so it's my week for the straight reds, guys. Um, and I was gonna go with Trump, but I've already ranted about him. Um, I was gonna go with Ann Budge because I was just annoyed that she was asking people to take pay cuts already. But I'm just going to go with people causing issues around coronavirus, mainly from what I've experienced at Asda on lunchtime, because I go around to Asda for my lunch. And today I saw a guy with three huge tubs of coffee that he just doesn't need. <laughs> uh, it was that zero, you know, the Americano zero stuff, the really expensive stuff. And I just thought, how are you going to go through that much coffee? 
I just think uh, it's just ridiculous some of the stories that are coming out and there was a, I saw a video today of a guy with 18 bottles and two litre bottles of water at Tesco and he got refused them <laughs> because everyone needs water not just this guy and he started threatening there was a, a Scottish it was in London but there was a Scottish security guard and he said look mate you're going to have to leave and he went no nah, I'll get all my mates down and then what are you going to do about that when I get all my mates at the Tesco and the guy was just like what are you on about like Everyone is trying to just get what they need. Um, and people like that are just really frustrating me at the moment. Um, I went into Tesco the other, uh, sorry, as of the other day and I couldn't get any chicken. And I just wanted to make a curry for my tea. And it's just really frustrating me. Have you guys seen anything yeah, that's annoying um, in the shops I made recently? I went to Tesco, what was it, last Friday. And uh, firstly, when I went in, I was walking around, and about I'm not joking, about a third of the people who were walking around were, were coughing quite violently without even covering their mouths. And it's just like, you know, the government guidance is so clear that you stay home, you self-isolate if you've got any symptoms whatsoever, even if it's just a common cold. So it's like, firstly, all those people being inconsiderate for everyone else and just thinking, well, stuff it, I'm going to go out and get my food shop, um, rather than trying to get someone else to do it for them or ordering it online or coming to some other sort of arrangement. So that annoyed me. And then I went to the checkout and I, I could sort of see that the checkout girl was quite stressed. So I sort of said to her, oh, you know, how are you getting on? And, you know, what, how, how are you coping with all these people panic buying? Um, and she said that there was a guy that came in the day before, absolutely flustered. He spent £550 on himself um, buying up his supplies and was basically telling her, like, pack faster, pack faster. I need to get out of here. It's like, get a grip. Like seriously, get a grip, and uh, so so yeah, I'm I'm very much with you, Fraser, on that one. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've got everything that I need, but I've sort of built that up over the course of about four weeks. Whereas it's the people that are just going in and ransacking everything they see off the shelves. It's just so poor. Yeah, I can't believe someone spent five hundred and fifty quid exactly. in one shop. Did she let you into? Oh, what God, exactly he was it'll buying? Be, it'll be grouse and caviar and no, no. It's a waitress. Tesco, believe it or not, it's like you could buy <laughs> half a Tesco for that. <laughs> you probably could. Uh, Ollie, have you seen anything a bit odd? Um, well, I went into my uh, local Morrison's not so long ago, and. Uh, for the first time since it all really kicked off, to be fair. And, yeah, no meat whatsoever other than haggis. So I stocked up on some haggis. When I say you stocked up on one bit of haggis. Um, you got five, yeah. <laughs> haggis biryanis for days. Uh, um, and, yeah, there's... I mean, just, just going around the shop, I, I, I saw somebody with... I mean, I don't, I don't know how many nappies, how many, many packs of nappies, but... Um, she had loads and and like almost a trolley full, and I just thought there's there's going to be so many yeah. other families that need that sort of stuff, um, but it's because nobody knows, and that's why people are doing it, and people are panicking because of it. Um, it's yeah, it, the world's gone bonkers. Absolutely has, um, the hot food counter in Asda shutting tomorrow, and that is my go-to at lunch, and I'm really upset about it. All right, I get Fraser. This, uh, it's you, I get this really the hot the hot food counter has this really good, uh, and you get this um, like spicy chicken 
like strips. It's four strips for one pound eighty-five. It's just oh, brilliant. So myself and my colleague Ian are really upset about it. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to do for my lunches. I have to Go back make something, I suppose. Well, when the oh, well, I did buy some Itsu noodle pots off Amazon today, so they're coming I mean, tomorrow. I can get them in the shop. Six. I'm not part of the problem. I know. It must have, it must have been the strangest shop on Amazon. I got six Itsu noodle pots, a bath mat, and a TV um, like stand. Uh, what do you call it? What's the TV thing that goes in the wall? Bracket. So you can put your bracket. That's it. I don't know why I can remember that. You work in this stuff. But not TV brackets. Give me a bit of respect. No. It's, it's, um, yeah, okay, okay. uh, an electrical wholesaler. <laughs> yeah, we, but we've, we've not run out of anything. We seem to, all our suppliers have got stock and everything. It just seems this mad rush. We have been very busy though this week, I suppose, but yeah, strange times. And, well, we're reconvened next week, and I really hope that we've got something nice to talk about and happy. We should maybe look yeah. at some happy stories, even if we can't um, speak any football next week. We should maybe just meet up and talk about our feelings and stuff. How, you know, how about we do the next one, <laughs> sort of like six pints deep? Because yeah, we're not I'm allowed to go to the pub, Matt. Have a lock in at each each place, you know. Do you want to have a few beers next week and see what happens? <laughs> let's do it. I'll yeah, I'm in. in. I'm in then. Right, okay, we'll do that. We'll have a few beers. Let's not. Let's have. Let's start drinking at the start about, of the podcast. Though I don't want to. We play. Have we play called on six for like an hour. Get ourselves warmed up, and then uh, every time you die, you have a beer, and then we come on here. Right, I think that would brighten up people's days. Listen to it on the Friday, to be honest. So let's yeah, let's go for that, Matt. Good okay. shirt. I'm in. Nice one. If we're allowed out of the houses, that is. But who knows? We'll sort it out. There we'll might be a purge. Fraser. Might, if there's a purge, well, I'm staying in. If there's a purge, I really, uh, yeah, I don't like that film or the films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nah, let's pass on that. Um, Matt, do you want to wrap us up Thank this week? Thank you very much to all of our listeners um, again. Um, I know these are pretty grim times, but interesting nonetheless. And uh, yeah, just stay safe, be sensible, and we'll speak to you all next week. Superb. We'll catch you next week, guys. Cheerio. Cheers.